This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host Ajit and joining me to do a preview of the India versus Australia third test and discuss the other cricketing news is uh, my co-host Giri. Hello Giri, welcome to the podcast. Hello Ajit, how are you doing? How is the lockdown treating you? Well, uh, it's all right. I'm sure it is all right. I do occasionally go out when I absolutely have to. Outside of that, uh, the number of cases are not really reducing. So, yeah, I've, I'm hearing there may be more lockdown coming up in the upcoming days. Yeah, which is quite sad because I think we, uh, I thought um, we were improving uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of summer. And then suddenly, I think uh, as soon as the winter started, things uh, turned for the worse, unfortunately, for all of us, especially in Western Europe. I think you... you uh, you will see that so many countries are now extending lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. I think Germany has extended until the end of January. I think UK also extended until uh, middle of February. That's quite hard, even hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we have a lockdown in place until the 19th of January. But I think the general belief is it will be extended for another couple of weeks. Uh, at best. I mean, it can go even worse. So we really don't know. But the good news is that the vaccination program has started in our country in netherlands so Mm -hmm. the first vaccine was uh, carried out this morning uh, as you know so there's more to come so there is probably some light uh, ready to appear at the end of the tunnel Uh, so long as you're you know inside the tunnel not outside but anyway indeed yeah but we at least have a lot of cricket to look forward to right so uh, let's get into it i would say Indeed. Let's first of all go uh, do a quick preview of the India-Australia test that's uh, hopefully going to begin in a couple of hours, Kiri. So this is the India-Australia test that's going to happen at Sydney. And uh, well, uh, India have already released their squad, which is very interesting. So basically, a couple of changes that we were expecting has happened. One, Rohit Sharma has been included in the 11 ahead of uh, Mayank. And uh, well, given that Umesh was injured and he was an out-and-out fast bowler, a like-for-like, Navdeep Saini has taken his place. So, what are your thoughts on the squad? Um, firstly, the SCG test, I think this will be a pink test, not with a pink mm-hmm. ball, but uh, the pink theme, uh, supporting yes. that uh, charity of uh, Glenn McGrath, I believe. Uh, Indeed. So, it's a mon- I think it's a special occasion. Um, there will be crowd allowed. That's what I read inside the stadium, although there have been some uh, COVID outbreak in uh, uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. Coming to the Indian squad, of course, I think Rohit was expected to be in the playing 11 as long as he was fit. And I think he's now fit, uh, fit enough to uh, be there. He's a very crucial inclusion um, as an opener. So it's, it's uh, interesting because they've chosen to drop Mayank Agarwal. Um, Mayank had a very middling uh, test series so far. I think the first couple of matches, he didn't score a lot of runs. There must have been one or one innings where he played 30-odd runs, right? So apart from that, he didn't look uh, the part. So 
if Prithvi Shaw can be dropped, so can Mayank. Uh, and I think Shubman Gill has basically cemented his place, at least for the next test. So after this. Um, so Rohit yeah, comes back to the squad. He brings with him a lot of experience. Uh, and that calmness again, just like Rahane, also a captain, right? So he captains the IPL squad. So that which is a very good inclusion. So I have to, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Um, there was this. Um, I think Natarajan was included in the squad, not in the playing eleven, but in the squad, uh, replacing Yadav because I think Natarajan and Seni were both net bowlers, uh, along with uh, Kartik Tyagi, right? So. Two of them have made it to the squad now. Shami is, of course, out, uh, right? So there was Siraj. Now there is a new debutant, uh, Saini. Um, and as you said, it's, he's a like-for-like replacement, Umesh Yadav. Uh, of old, I have to say, Umesh Yadav doesn't have that kind of pace uh, anymore. But Saini is easily 150-plus when he wants it. Um, yeah, but I don't know if he can bring the consistency. Umesh has struggled in the past. Uh, Saini does... You know, bring that pace, but I don't know if. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting if if he has a debut like uh, Siraj, I would be very happy with uh, with that inclusion. But I'm a bit circumspect, to be honest. Hmm. Look, uh, small correction there. Uh, Shardul, Tyagi, and uh, Natarajan were the net bowlers. Oh, Saini was not. But okay. no, Saini was always in the squad. Actually, okay, good to know. Uh, so he's let's say the next cab of the rank, right? So he's been like touring with the India A team last 18 months or so. He's done his, let's say, due uh, diligence there. He's played 14 matches for India A. I mean, his returns are not spectacular, but then that's the whole point. On a day when he clicks, he can give you maybe an innings, if not an entire test match. So that's the X factor he brings. And probably since he's been working and, uh, you know, training with this team, the let's say the expected standards to play test matches, I think he's already there fitness-wise. Mm. So, I, for me, it's a very exciting debut, frankly. And it can go anyway, right? As you correctly said. Uh, on his day, he can be good. But, you know, I understand why you're being circumspect. But I think the Indian team management also thought if he can have a debut like how Siraj has. I mean, Siraj is able to graduate to the next level, at least on one test. But, you know, the real challenge comes here because you have only one experienced fast bowler, Jaspreet Bumrah. And, uh, you know, of course, Sydney is a bit of a spinner-friendly pitch, but they really come into their own in the second and third day onwards, the spinners, right? Mm. So the first one and a half to two days, it will still have to be your faster bowlers. So it remains to be seen, really. I mean, uh, how successful India will continue to be Mm. uh, in spite of all of these injuries. I mean, speaking of injuries, you also uh, heard, I'm sure, that Rahul is injured and out of the squad. Which is also quite sad. I think I I sort of expected him to play a part at some point in this uh, test series. Should one of the other openers fail uh, again, uh, but mm-hmm. I think uh, it's unfortunate that he's now out. But he had a good uh, uh, limited over series, so he can now go back and uh, put his feet up and relax a bit. I guess. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure he would be he would be more you know, eager to stay back and contribute. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't completely rule out including him in the middle order, right? If, let's mm-hmm. say, um, Hanuma yeah. Vihari continues with uh, some less than anticipated returns, uh, Rahul could have also featured in the middle order, but mm-hmm. this remains to be seen, really. It's now out of the question. Unfortunately, he's out. Mm-hmm. Whether India will remain uh, with the same squad or whether they'll have a replacement named for him, we'll have to see. I'm sure they have some fast bowling backup, uh, but 
I mean, the main talking point will be whether India will continue to be successful with the way they have tied up the Australian top order, right? I mean, we've spoken about India. I guess the spinners will uh, be the main weapons along with maybe Jasprit Bumrah and a bit of, you know, um, a bit of uh, help from the newbies. Uh, but um, when it comes to Australia, so what do you think? Because, you know, they've withdrawn Joe Burns from the squad. Warner has been added, Sean Abbott is there and of course Will Pukowski who's cleared all the uh, concussion protocol related uh, you know, things, he's he's available as well. What do you think uh, Australian squad will be like? I think Warner is, Warner is coming back into the squad uh, no matter what. Uh, I know that he had, what sort of an injury did he have? Was that groin? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, I know he's fond of running quick singles and all that but now I think... Uh, they will probably ask him to score briskly, but without scoring <laughs> a lot of quick runs. I mean, quick singles uh, and twos, of course. So, but he will be back. I think his presence is, or his absence was uh, uh, clearly felt in that uh, squad. And it also sort of makes it much easier for uh, Matthew Wade to uh, express himself in the middle order. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that will be... A welcome change for him uh, with the kind of mindset, with the kind of counter-attacking mindset that he has. He will be better served if he plays in the middle order or lower middle order. Um, so Joe mm-hmm. Burns, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I think his, somebody had to go and it was Joe Burns. And is Travis Head still in the squad or is he uh, dropped as well? No, no, Travis Head is there in the squad. I mean, okay. I, I even expect he will start, but you could be right in as much that if they choose to include Will Pukowski, mm. right? It might very well be that Wilpukowski could be opening with Warner. Yeah. Right? That's what I think. That'll mean, indeed. So that'll mean head is out as well. And uh, you'll have Wade probably fitting in at five ahead of Tim Payne, probably. Right? Or even six, let's say. Because, um, yeah, at least I don't expect them to touch their three, four, because that's. Yeah, Labushkagne and uh, Smith. Who will, I mean, look, they have not come good so far. Yeah. Looking, Labushkagne looking you know, increasingly like he's going to score a big uh, knock. And uh, Smith is the only one. I mean, so far they've tied him down the Indians with their, you know, sort of uh, leg trap, it must be called, yeah. for the spinners. Right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's it's this is the day, I think, because, look, the Test match series is very tantalizingly poised, one off, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we have had, like, uh, two chapters already of this very wonderful, uh, let's say, series. But then I think here comes the real tenacity and the real staying power. Both the teams have to show that. Indians are hit with a lot of injuries. So have been Australians, frankly speaking. But their, let's say their number one bowling attack that they wanted on paper is still available to them. That's an advantage. But their top order is still misfiring. So yeah. uh, do you think inclusion of Warner can correct this? The energy he provides at the beginning of the innings? Of course, I think with his experience and his, you know, him being part of the erstwhile leadership group, right? Um, so he will his presence. I think, as I said earlier, is is very important, quite essential for the team to uh, have that sort of, you know, the the fighting edge, uh, if I can say so. Uh, without him, I think the Australian team, if uh, the the players, if you look at them, they're they are not so, if I can say so, loud mouthed. Right, I think that is missing in that squad. He has that fire. <laughs> it's all very cheerful and you know, uh, very friendly banter. I think with Warner it can change. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming back to the bowling lineup, I think those bowlers, you know, they are the the four bowlers that they have. Yeah, I think they're pretty pretty much one of the best lineups in Test cricket at the moment. 
and that kind of bowlers actually win your matches um so they can defend a score you know even a low score uh, but the the batting has been a problem and smith will come back i think it's his home ground scg right um mm-hmm. so he will have a part to play and he knows the conditions and he'll be happy to uh, um, you know come out of that uh, uh, you know the the lack of form that he is in right now he's is not uh, he he will start coming back to uh, you know his uh, best i would say um and lavish kagne i think as as long as he uh, um you know lavish kagne famously talks to himself a lot <laughs> out in the middle so he if he lets the bat talk a bit more i think he will score more runs hmm well i mean there is one other thing here right so as well as cam green has played and showed that he belongs in the last thing specifically mm-hmm. travis head is also a part time or a, more than a usual part time off spinner yeah. right if you look at the australian squad there is no other spinner in the squad mm-hmm. except nathan land so you have these fast bowlers three fast bowlers in nathan land who will definitely start yeah. you have marnas labushkagne who can bowl a bit of like what about steve smith he was steve a spinner who well. could bat now right when he started no. yes Yes, yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, correct there. I think Mitchell Swepson, the leg break bowler, is also in the squad. Look, this is the other question for me. Would Cameron Green still be in the eleven, or would you think because it's Sydney, it's traditionally more spin friendly, right? And India have two spinners in their eleven. So, would Australia also replicate this three fast bowlers, two spinners? Maybe um, either Travis Head retain his position ahead of Cam Green, or maybe you'll have uh, Mitchell Swepson, who's a leg break bowler, stepping in there. I think Mitchell Swepson will not play to be honest they will go with Travis Head if at all they need a spinner who can bat that will be a, or a batsman who can uh, bowl a bit of spin it will be Travis Head otherwise they will stick with Cam Green Cameron Green has shown enough promise I think they will stick with him mm. to be honest I think he will play with Labushkagne and uh, Smith uh, if required bowling the odd over here and there otherwise I don't see any changes there so okay so I'm going to go for Travis Head retaining his place ahead of Cameron Green, a bit okay. harsh on the youngster, but uh, he can bowl spin. So they'll have already three fast bowlers in the eleven. So the more, let's say, options you give yourself with mm-hmm. part-time or you know some semi-part-time spinners, the better, I would say. But Travis you were thinking had, of something? No, the, I, I was uh-huh. going to say Travis had uh, hasn't been so good with a bat. You know, he has had those starts, but he has not converted them. And somebody mm-hmm. who is doing his debut uh, has a better temperament than. a guy who is a bit more experienced like Travis said so Cam Green has had better temperament in the last uh, match that he plays especially right so mm-hmm. so that that's the only thing i have against Travis said otherwise he can you know start but i still think Cam Green will play all right that covers the squads and uh, i mean there's not a lot of rain or anything predicted so we expect this test to go the distance really mm. so considering all this the tough question kiri what is your prediction it's a very tricky one um mm-hmm. i think india are going to miss the experience of umesh yadav um, i think their bowling is a bit fragile although they have those two spinners they just have one uh, strike bowler bumrah uh, i still don't consider siraj uh, to be there sharing the attack with bumrah yet i think he needs to grow up a bit more in terms of test cricket um so india are a bit bowling light and batting heavy Uh, just like you know it's it's sort of the reverse uh, of what we had in the previous test i was saying bowling heavy and batting light in the previous match this time because of rohit they have a bit more uh, strength in the batting lineup so i'm going to say it's going to be a tough one i think australia will win this one 
but it will be four innings it will not be uh, like innings defeat or something they will play for all four innings it will be a mm. close one you okay well i yeah i find it tough to predict frankly because it will depend on the first day's play so if australia win the toss bat and let's say put up 280 for 3 4 that's when the indian bowling will be really really exposed mm. and so i will say if australia win the toss they have a very good chance of actually winning the game hmm. if india win the toss i would say they give themselves a chance of winning this one it's going to be tough it'll it's going to be very tough for india also in the whether whether be the second or the third innings those long spells that you require from uh, fast bowlers later on you'll have your spinners plugging away for sure but you'll need these you know uh, these incisive bursts let's say not yeah. long spells those will be the tough ones so really how the indian fast bowlers shape up will really tell me the narration or the narrative of how this game will go as far as india are concerned mm. i'm going to say it's going to be tied with the toss if india yeah. win the toss they give themselves a chance to you know win this game but if australia win the toss it might all go pear shape for india so yeah that's my so prediction it's all it's all down to toss then <laughs> yeah so i think about it no yeah. okay yeah. but it's it's too close to call that's what i i also agree with uh, but on, i only think that australia australia will have a slight edge mm. they, have, they have a better balanced bowling lineup than india's yeah. so bowlers win your matches Indeed. not the batsmen well okay <laughs> i agree so in this case um well that was that was our let's say a preview of the test and uh, let's see how it goes Yep. right so now moving on if you were to take a uh, look at the other two tests that have gone on in the interim so one is the sri lanka versus south africa test a bit one sided really the entire series was a bit one sided but i mean it was it was a case of diminishing returns as far as sri lankan batting went right so in the second test played in uh, joburg again you know quick pitch tough pitch to bat on and they began again very brightly at two for uh, you know 70 or even 2 for 71 1 for 78 must be said they, they looked to have conquered the let's say the tough conditions first morning all they had to do was last through the day maybe put up 300 350 they would have given themselves a very good chance because their bowlers are doing the job right but they couldn't they were all out for 157 on the first uh, day already and by the end of the first day really uh, south africa had almost clawed their way back because um, at 152 for one at the end of uh, first day or 148 for one it was very tough to see sri lanka coming back because uh, when it comes to bowling andrik norkey took a 6 for in the first innings lungi angidi took a you know a 5 for in the second their bowling was working very good and vian mulder the all-rounder that they want you know to grow into a very matured uh, player and really help out with the balance that they always seek did really well in the first innings taking 3 for 25 all of his wickets came in the first session so he took out the top order of sri lanka with those wobbly seamers that let's say somebody like uh, Sean Pollock and Vernon Philander would have been proud of and uh, that that's a very good encouraging sign as far as they are concerned and uh, Luto Sipambla who was debuting really bowled well he showed a lot of heart is at least debuting in the series it must be said and then when south africa batted they themselves did not show the relevant application so from 2 for 218 they were uh, you know 302 all out again 84 for 8 or 84 for 9 that's not a nice collapse right but they had dean elgar who scored 100 and then rasif andrewson with 67 from number 3 did enough so when you have your opposition all out for 157 if you cross 300 you've got a big enough lead to win the game that's really what happened sri lanka fought back sri lanka fought back really well because their bowlers did not really give up 
I mean, this could have been 400, 450, and that's that. But really, their bowlers came back and they restricted the opposition to 300. Vishwa Fernando taking a 5-4. It was, after all, a bowling friendly pitch. Let's not forget that. Demut Karuna Ratna scored 100. We were expecting he'll score more runs in the series, really. The captain leading from the front. They don't have a very experienced lineup after Chandimal was injured out, right? But in the second innings, he came good. He hit 100. And Lahiru Tirumanna scored 31. They were looking really good again. 2 for 92. Even, you know, one for 85, they looked really good. But from that point on, it was all again downhill. Only Niroshan Dikwala scored 36. But then, you know, 211 all out, giving South Africa a small target, 67, which they scored without any loss. So, Dean Elgar was, you know, uh, correctly uh, named the man of the series. His very good contributions right through the test series. So, a bit of a one-sided series, it must be said. I think uh, South Africa were really, really eager to make sure, you know, they paid Sri Lanka back in the same currency that uh, they had received previously. Anyway. Yeah, this was sort of expected. I think I told you um, during Christmas period, I think wasn't that the first match, uh, Boxing Day Test match, when we were doing the predictions, mm-hmm. I said this is going to be a very easy series for South Africa. Although I must admit, Sri Lanka did show some character in this match, uh, especially with the, the second innings batting, led by the captain. Uh, but I think the, the injuries basically made it so much difficult difficult for them. So many injuries, right? So they lost uh, uh, Dhananjaya De Silva. I think he was a key player who played so well yeah. in the first match that him and uh, Chandimal were batting so well. I think I mentioned that in our this also in our previous episode. When De Silva got injured, uh, South Africa gained an upper hand. Basically, they started making inroads uh, in that match. Otherwise, Sri Lanka were very comfortably placed. So that sort of you know was the turning point in my opinion. And then after that, I think even Chandimal is injured. Right, and Angelo Matthews is always an injury worry, so he's not there in the. Uh, he was not there, but yeah, with, mm-hmm. with the England series coming up uh, in the in the winter, <laughs> uh, so we have to see. I think England are already in uh, Sri Lanka; they're waiting. Uh, so when Sri Lanka come back, maybe they've had a bit of you know Test match practice, so they are a bit more conditioned to play longer the, the longer format of the game. Um, so hopefully, with those guys coming back, uh, and in home conditions, they will do well against England. So, at least that's what I hope. And England have a task on their hands. I mean, I think Jimmy Anderson is playing this uh, in, the, in the upcoming series. So, it's going to be interesting. This could be his swan song. At the same time, he will be tested mm-hmm. in uh, uh, away from home conditions. So, so Sri Lanka will, will do well to, you know, um, defend their home uh, territory. But they did lose last time against England. Uh, England won, uh, right? So... Let's see what happens. Right. Sri Lanka have, yeah, they, they have to... Well, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. Because you brought this up. Well, England have been hit with uh, one unexpected, uh, let's say, infection right at the beginning. Moin Ali has tested positive for corona after landing. So, he's had to isolate himself. Mm. That will not be good news because along with Jack Leach, it was Moin Ali who bowled so well that they were both the joint top wicket takers when yeah. England beat Sri Lanka, right? So, it's an unfortunate news. But I'm sure I mean, they have backup but uh, I think they'll miss his, uh, let's say, his services. He's going to definitely miss the first test by the looks of it. So, right. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see how it really shapes up. Sri Lanka will be eager to also get some wins under their belt, right? After all, they're still a part of the w, uh, the World Test Championship. So, yeah. Right. I mean, the other test match we can take a quick look at is this magnificent beast of a machine called the New Zealand uh, Test Team playing at home, right? Yeah. They're doing really, really well. 
so they beat pakistan by an innings and 176 runs look again another similar sort of a story two tests where there was a lot of fight from uh, the visiting team in the first test and then slowly it became a you know a diminishing returns because pakistan showed such a, such a lot of fight they nearly drew the first game they were out all out with what six overs remaining hardly so that was a fantastic fantastic test match this this was more along predicted lines unfortunately because well batting first pakistan could only make 297 in spite of some very solid contributions because up until about midday they looked really strong on the first day but then the collapse started and then you know from 4 for let's say uh, 170 to about uh, 297 all out so mohammad rizwan 61 fahim ashraf 48 zafar gohar 34 middle order sort of did their bit azhar ali top of the order 93 uh, openers failed uh, shan masood had a very very bad uh, tour it must be said a complete uh, failure of a tour for him i think he backed a pair in this test and then um, you know their middle order failed and that meant you know they couldn't really capitalize kyle jemison took a 5 for I mean, he took 11 for in the game, and we'll talk about how well he started shortly. But you know, overall they contributed well. They also had lost Wagner, their let's say workhorse. Matt Henry replaced him, did a good job, and you have of course Saudi and Bolt right at the top. And of course, you know, there was Mitchell Sandler uh, who got the thanks for coming award for sure. Um, well, no, I mean, I'm like Keshav Maharaj, yeah, exactly. No, 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 Keshav Maharaj got the, got the thanks for. coming award in this case they did the right thing and they dropped mitchell santner in spite of him playing a match winning role in the previous test he had to sit out and they had an all fast bowling attack which was what was needed because when they got to bat look they were going to bat once they had this guy called williamson who apparently has discovered how to bat all of a sudden right you can give him a wicket just a stump he'll just keep batting for another two days with that right yeah. he scored another 200 238 his second double hundred of the home series summer right and then you know they had a decent start but then kane williamson just stood one end and then henry nichols who sort of limped his way to 100 and then continued to bat uh, he just kept batting this was very very inexplicable the way pakistan bowled some of the bowling did not look really well calculated or well thought out because I think some of their fast bowlers went for a lot of runs. Nasim Shah, 26 overs, 5.42 runs an over. You know, to counterbalance him, you had Shahin Shafri, the Muhammad Abbas both going under three an over. But they had a lot of runs leaked. Their spinner went at almost five an over. It was a big problem for them. And as a result, scoring at more than four an over, uh, New Zealand declared at 6.59 for six with Daryl Mitchell, who's a poor man's call into grand home, so to say, again coming good, hitting a hundred. right and kyle jamison showing his all round credentials hitting a 30 not out so with enough of a lead in spite of scoring 300 pakistan could not really contain new zealand and with enough of a lead this was the last innings of the tour it was going to be tough we knew it shan masood again hit a duck abid ali made a couple of fighting 20s it must be said he took time out of the game in both cases but that's not enough you need your opener to go on right but abid ali it would be a very very good learning experience for him no doubt mohammad abbas promoted to um, night watchman did his bit must be said but then azhar ali 37 and then a little bit in the middle order fahim ashraf 28 zafar gohar 37 zafar gohar had a decent debut it must be said he at least with the bat he scored a couple of 30s but then with the ball he was not all that good again a learning experience but you had kyle jamison taking a 6-4 finishing with 11 wickets in the game you know finishing the man of the match but the man of the series was of course kane williamson i guess not a lot to argue on and then I mean, I'll go through the stats of this series, but what are your thoughts on this game and the series, Kiray? You're talking about a learning experience. What I've learned 
from this is it's not worth staying up all night watching such a one-sided <laughs> match. And thankfully, I didn't right. do that. So I did, I, I'm so happy I didn't stay up late to watch this. But anyway, I think it's it's uh, it was a very tough series for a visiting team. And New Zealand have made it their fortress right now. And they, I think they have, they now uh, are the number one ranked test team, along with uh, Kane William, Williamson, the number one test batsman. Uh, right, mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. uh, he, he's basically leapfrogged uh, Coley and Smith, right? So fantastic. Yep. And I mean, I mean, I'm I'm lost. I mean, I I have no words to describe uh, what a genuinely good batsman this guy is, Kane Williamson, and he's been scoring runs like you know like crazy even since the IPL. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I think you you were saying. Uh, I think I remember there was a tweet for from somebody. Uh, he was presented with a, a bat in the form mm-hmm. of a guitar or a guitar with a yeah. uh, which looked like a bat. And I think you said uh, in the tweet <laughs> uh, he might as well score another double hundred with that bat or with that guitar, uh, right? So, mm. so I, mean, I think in the end, New Zealand were too good. So they should stop playing uh, test series in New Zealand. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a disgrace. Uh, the visiting teams, I mean, I'm not saying it's a disgrace as such, but the visiting team should uh, be better prepared and they should uh, show a bit more fight uh, than this. Otherwise, it's going to be too many one-sided games like this. It's going to kill Test cricket. Nice. No, this was, again, the format India suffered. They came, they lost 2-0. Yeah, exactly. Pakistan have lost 2-0. West Indies have lost 2-0. I mean, why I'm saying this is 17 consecutive unbeaten tests at home for New Zealand. Yeah. Right? And they have won 13 of those 17. So it was not yeah. like they just hung on to draws or something. Yeah, All and, comfortable series wins. Yeah, and the only one I can think of where there was some sort of a fight was that Sri Lanka uh, against New Zealand where uh, Angelo Matthews and Kusal Mendis basically saved the match by batting wrong. Right? So that was the only memorable one. Uh, memorable okay. sort of a, a, a match where a visiting team had some sort of an upper hand. But yeah, otherwise it's uh, you can forget about them all. Hmm. Well, I mean, also, I mean, the way Kyle Jamison has begun, right? Yeah. Five match, five uh, like uh, match halls. So, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of wickets. He's taken thirty-six wickets in his first uh, six tests. He's in the top five ever, right? Yeah. Uh, Vernon Filder was also there. Vernon Filder was there, but he's also there now. It's like a phenomenal start as far as you know, test where match were, career is concerned. Where were those six test matches played home or away? How many of them I were? think I think they all might have been at home. Let's see what happens when he comes out. Mm-hmm. Now, he has the pace and the bounce. I mean, he'll definitely enjoy the Sena countries, as they're called. One of them is his own home. What happens when he goes to the Asian subcontinent will be very interesting to see. And probably Dubai, right? But, I mean, look, what have, what we have seen is Vernon Philander began really well. He ended equally well. I mean, even at the fag end of his career, Vernon Philander had an average of, I think, 23 or something. So... Uh, that that's fantastic or a career of i don't know 200 uh, wickets that that's well done so uh, given what he's capable of he can also bat he's also shown he can bat so this is a very useful all-round player new zealand have discovered as far as test match cricket is concerned mm. right and he's very tall very strong he looks more like a rugby center half <laughs> but okay uh, that's uh, something else and uh, yeah, I mean, all of these records and New Zealand are deservedly, they're, they're nice guys. This is the thing that yeah, pisses yeah. me off, right? That's true. They're nice guys. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, sure. So at, least for that, at least for that, you want to go and play there because they treat you so well and then <laughs> they smack you so hard that you won't even know that you have lost. 
I mean, after that 200, it didn't look like he had scored a second double hundred. No shouting, screaming, jumping, nothing. He kept his uh, bat in the crease and uh, he quietly went back, gave a handshake to his partner, raised his bat uh, to the crowd. Absent-mindedly, this guy, Ken Williamson. I mean, I think the less said about him, the better. Such a nice guy and such a great uh, ambassador for the game overall, not just his own country, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember reading how New Zealand won 2020, the way they handled the crisis and their leader. Mm. And this guy is no less the way, I mean, he's been leading this team. So, kudos to him. Uh, but okay, let's move on. Uh, you know, let's take a look at some of these interesting news about, uh, you know, COVID-19. So, the uh, first thing I would like to discuss is, well, the impact of COVID-19 on the ongoing India-Australia tests. So, well, there was this news that came out, Giri, that uh, five India players... Uh, two of whom will actually be in the 11, were actually caught uh, breaching the protocol uh, when they probably interacted closely with the fan uh, in, at a restaurant, Giri. I don't know the full details, but apparently the fan paid their uh, bill without them knowing about it. And then Rohit Sharma got to know about it and they said, no, you can't do that. Take your money back mm-hmm. and all that. And then there was some sort of a promise that there would be a photo or a handshake or a hug. I don't, I don't remember everything. And then there was a tweet saying, I was able to hug Rishabh Pant or something like that. The fan said that. And then he retracted <laughs> those comments. He said, no, no, we observed protocols. I didn't, there was nothing like a hug or anything. We were stared away from each other and all that. But it was probably too late. And then the, the team management came to know about it. right? So there could be a... Because of all these bubbles and uh, stuff. So it, it's very sensitive right now. So you can't mingle with people outside of your team. right? So it's it's... It's weird, and then they were all tested, and uh, the test came back negative. So they're still okay to play, I guess, all these players. And f- five, mm-hmm. you said five players? I think four of them are in the playing 11, if I look at it. Rohit, uh, Sharma, Richard Pant, Shubman Gill, and uh, oh, yeah. any. So only Prithvisha is... Uh, Prithvisha was the one who didn't... Uh, who is not part of the playing 11 right now, tomorrow. All right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. So I mean, that was not the cleverest thing. Uh, look, you, you're enjoying a lot more freedom uh, by being in Australia, which is a, which has relatively less number of cases, right? So you're able to dine out. I mean, it was not the cleverest thing from the fans' perspective. It was not the cleverest thing from the players' perspective. I think there were some posts on Instagram which had which were later deleted, but the damage was already done. You're yeah. right. But luckily, there was no long-term damage as far as the tour prospects, as also as far as you know, individual players' health. That was that was really lucky. They got away with it there. And also, you know, you're saying of uh, of the bubble that they've lived in and the frustration and this, how the bubble grinds you down. Uh, what is this we read that maybe there may be some boycott related things if the test were to be played in Brisbane because of mm. you know the hard lockdown rules there in Queensland? Apparently, yeah, I don't know. I mean, apparently in Brisbane, um, you ha- you need to have such a such a very such a strong bubble that. You're not even allowed to come out of your room and play, uh, meet other players in the lobby and stuff like that. This was the rule. That's mm-hmm. what I read somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this is too harsh, I think. You, if you can't meet your own teammates um, inside the hotel, you know, in a confined environment where everything is safe, uh, it, it's a bit of a stretch, I would say. Uh, and I think some players were not happy about this, Indian players. So they said, we're not happy with this. We're not going to go with this and all that. And then BCCI... Um, <clears throat> Sure, it's muzzle and then people are talking about a boycott now. I don't think there'll be a boycott. There will be some amendments made to the arrangements, I would say, as long as everything is safe. 
but it's very strange i think australia has been able to contain the infection rate due to these drastic measures and for people you know who have been away from home you've consider this these indian players who were also part in uh, part of the ipl that happened in uh, the in, in dubai and uh, abu dhabi and sharjah of course uh, they have been away for how long now i think the ipl was played in november so they were out of their homes or respective mm-hmm. homes mm-hmm. probably by end of october or something and they can't even mingle with each other outside of the cricket ground or in a hotel uh, it's hard enough being away from family you know uh, so i think it's 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 quite tough on them so we have to understand these are all humans although you know team pain has said uh, um, they are happy the australian team are happy to play under whatever conditions but he was not part of the ipl he's he's been away he's been at home in in home conditions for quite some time uh, so i think a lot of people don't understand his perspective um but yeah so we'll see what happens i think they will be uh, the test will be played at brisbane but we'll see what happens with the measures they will probably relax some of them what do you think well i mean i agree with you it's been very grinding as far as the players are concerned with staying in the bubble and eventually it's also going to start telling on your uh, performances on the field which is unfortunate mm. but look i mean they're professionals they know what they're in for at least rohit sharma was lucky he got a break in between the rest of the squad really traveled from one point to the other but i think they can get away with uh, you know being in the lockdown for the two mm. weeks right all it requires is this two week period nathan line was one of, one of the players who also said you know suck it and just play that makes sense <laughs> of course he will say that mm. he's the goat i mean he he's the goat and the goat stayed at home right yeah. all through this winter <laughs> yeah. but right um, but for now i mean i agree that you know no matter the financial repercussions and the muzzle that whatever indian uh, board can wield i think there should be a test in brisbane uh, look at the end of the day brisbane is also it's called gabatwar right Mm. because australia have not lost there since 88 mm. i mean all of this could be political machinations to try to get a test away from there right yeah. maybe get give sydney another test if india especially successful at sydney or maybe uh, mcg you know, <laughs> right or mcg so i mean there are other things there but i think sanity will prevail at the end the tour as it was announced will be played out and let's see let's keep yeah. an eye on this but if, in do, upcoming, if uh, india do win uh, in scg uh, they will retain mm-hmm. the border gavaskar trophy so so they need to oh yeah <laughs> let's hope so i mean in a couple of hours we'll know when the toss goes up at least yeah, that's why we decide in detail yeah. <laughs> mm. go ahead right now uh, going on with some of the other uh, corona related news so zimbabwe suspended all cricketing activities because the number of covid-19 cases have suddenly gone on the rise there and they're going into hard lockdown themselves so no more cricket there which is very unfortunate but understandable even in spite of all the other conditions financial impact and other things the other thing well i mean in pakistan sana meer the pakistan uh, women's cricketer she was commentating in the qaid azam finals and uh, she tested positive at the end of a commentary stint and well it pcb went into a bit of a meltdown unfortunately this is a very serious issue uh, the ptv crew and uh, all the players had to be tested before they could go back into play and it became a bit of a small uh, you know a bit of a disaster management really they did well there i would say and in spite of all these uh, scares the kaidazam final was played out and it it became a tie giri i don't know if you had a chance to look at the scorecard or maybe you followed the game unfortunately not <laughs> i was not on top of this sorry 
Mm. Well, I mean, it looks like, you know, it is a very evenly contested game, which ended in a tie. I mean, at the end of first innings, Khyber uh, Pakhtunkwa had a little bit of a lead, but really, they gave a very stiff target to Central Punjab. The last innings target was the highest score of the four innings. And, I mean, it looked like Central Punjab were dead and buried, right? So, um, at 248 for nine, chasing to 355, you could consider the match is done. But then you had the captain of Central Punjab, Hassan Ali, still at the crease, and he had different ideas. So he went on to make a maiden 100 in first class matches of just 61 balls. And after they had tied the scores, his partner, Vakas Masood, got out. So the game ended in a tie. This means the two teams shared the trophy. I think this is the first time that indeed there's been a tie in the finals of any uh, first class tournament, right? So that means. The team sharing the trophy because of a tie. There have been sharing because of you know games that have finished as a draw, or because you know there have been you know climate impacted games and so on. So this is the first time such a thing has happened. So this is great to read if you are a you know first class cricket fan or a Test match fan. So that was great, and also the way PCB handled that uh, potential fiasco of a positive test was also good to read. I mean, now if you were to move on, some other news from off the cricketing field, right? So we hear this. Um, let's say the offshoot of uh, Black Lives Matter movement that's going on in England and especially in the sporting arena where many people have spoken up about the alleged racial discrimination. So John Holder, who was a long-term umpire, has actually uh, decided to sue uh, ECB over you know alleged racial discrimination during his time. He's been an international umpire. He's been a county umpire. Yeah, and he has another uh, colleague of his, Ismail Dawood, who, who both felt you know they were not uh, correctly treated. Uh, they faced years of racism, they say. So it's going to be interesting because it's going to be followed up by an independent inquiry. I mean, all of these are good things, these sort of reckonings that happen from time to time. I remember uh, Mr. John Holder fondly because he usually shows up on Test Match Special. Uh, there is a Ask the Empire section, which is, I think, usually in the second test midday when uh, of the second test, usually. They have this Ask the Empire where people send in weird queries, whether this is out, what would be a ruling in such a situation. And he's the specialist that shows up and actually answers these questions. So it's unfortunate to hear that he's undergone these, you know, these certain uh, discrimination he feels during his time. So it remains to be seen how this is going to finish this episode. Uh, moving on, well, another blow to the Indian women's cricket, uh, let's say itinerary, because their uh, proposed tour of Australia, which was supposed to start this month, has been postponed to the following season. So really, Indian women have been without cricket since March, except for the four games that they played in the Women's T20 Challenge, Kiri. I'm a bit disappointed, really, because, look, the Indian men's team is able to travel, right? And uh, they are playing in the same country. And this country is one of the relatively less affected countries when it comes to COVID. And I don't know what was really the problem here, because it, it is understood BCCA wasn't keen. I mean, I don't understand, because it was... It, previously planned as a lead-up to the 2021 World Cup from Feb. That got postponed. But look, I mean, and of course, Australian cricket has all the correct steps because they have recently hosted a WBBL. They have uh, you know grounds and everything available. The Indian women's cricketers would be, I think, very desperate to go and play. I don't know what happened here. I'm very disappointed, must be said, from uh, BCCA's action here. But we really hope, you know, this doesn't impact... Uh, Indian women's cricket. I'm really worried about Indian women's cricket, seeing what I'm you know, getting to read and how these tours are postponed. Uh, at least must be said, uh, the Pakistan uh, women's team is currently touring South Africa and it must be said, at least PCB has taken these positive steps. So that's well done to them again. 
the afghanistan ireland series that has been planned to be held in uae will be going ahead right so this is a very good thing because there were no visas available due to covid related reasons from afghanistan players but then uae finally decided to clear them so that means they are able to go ahead and uh, play so the fixtures are supposed to happen on january 18 21st and 23rd this is a three match odi series so this is a very very good thing the trivia question from the previous episode was um which former england cricketer was actually born in shimla by the way uh when he was included in the test squad meant that you know a test series in west indies got abandoned giri would you like to give us the answer it's jackers as he was fondly known robin jackman mm-hmm. who also unfortunately passed away end of last year so christmas day in yeah. fact so very unfortunate um so so this guy was apparently born in india i didn't know that it uh, comes as a surprise to me uh, and he represented um, uh, england of course but he spent a lot of time in south africa i think he even passed away in south africa he, he played uh, um, domestic cricket in south africa and i think he also coached uh, a couple of teams there so uh, he was a very popular voice in the commentary box i think he also had a long commentator career uh, commentating career he was even part of the ipl commentary team i remember he was wearing those funny uh, not funny but uh, traditional indian dress uh during one of the ipl seasons i still remember all right moving on to the trivia question from this episode the question is which two umpires achieved a hat trick of officiating in three consecutive odi world cup finals uh do you want me to lift one foot off the ground ajit in honor of them <laughs> well might be a good idea giri So if you know the answer to this question or if you'd like to make an attempt right to write into us at amshirkipod on twitter or amshir.cricket@gmail.com also if you would like to share any thoughts about how we are doing i think uh, do let us know uh, we would be very happy to hear from you uh, we see uh, we've seen a small upswing in the let's say the number of downloads in the previous episodes so we would like to thank our fans for this we hope you continue to encourage us in the same manner so um having said all that It's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast Sit back and enjoy <laughs>